Hello everyone and welcome to episode 36 of Sinji City Games where I'm your host Anthony and today's episode I'm going to be talking about a Japanese movie called Kaido or uh, its English counterpart called Pulse which was released back in 2001 and <clears throat> I basically got finished watching with this movie today and to tell you the truth i actually like watching it was a really different type of horror that i've never experienced before <laughs> sorry i went mute there but my typical horror that i get to see all the time is something like psalm or final destination movies like that with like jump scares or gory stuff that happens in the shows and the shows and the movies and I, like I said, I was really interested in the movie itself of Kaido. And I would definitely give you guys, recommend you guys to watch it. So anyways, the plot revolves around that somehow ghosts are using the internet or computers to invade into the human world. And then somehow <clears throat> causing everyone who watches them or whatever, or whoever gets into contact with the ghost. It makes them, the people in the real world, go insane. <clears throat> it makes them all go insane to the point where they also commit suicide in their own way. And it does this really interesting imagery as well, where each victim that dies, it shows like burn marks, like the typical burn mark that you would see that resembles that of when the United States uh, nuke the crap out of Japan. With it's a uh, little boy and fat man, I believe it's always called. And you can see like the little ash prints. Um, I think that's a callback as to how death is perceived or how much it's still seeped into society of Japan uh, within the chaos ensued by the war. But anyway, so the movie starts out with like this garden shop area in Tokyo and these co-workers are trying to look for this other co-worker named Taguchi and Taguchi was like at working from home uh, trying to make like an excel spreadsheet of the business for the the plant shop that they were in and so <coughs> excuse me the main character Michi uh, she goes to investigate she's like hey like you know what the hell's going on uh, and then once she arrives to his apartment uh, Taguchi doesn't really respond to her until she basically just invites herself in because there's like a secret key and once she goes in she looks for taguchi which she then finds him and then taguchi uh she basically he basically looks off like he's not at all there and michi is trying to get some words out of him but doesn't really get much out um, he was, she was only able to get out that Daguchi was able to complete the data or the necessary equipment for their job or whatever. And so Michi, she actually goes, picks up the floppy disk, which again, this is back in the 2000s. So you're still using floppy disks for computers <laughs> where it's not all digital now. And with the really small USBs that can hold a lot of data. Um, and so as Michi gets the data, she turns back and finally sees uh, Daguchi 
basically he hung himself and she found her like really scary she was really traumatized and when she went to a police station for questioning or whatever she comes out you know, all in one piece obviously i said saying like she wasn't arrested <laughs> and she goes back to kataguchi's place to figure out why the hell that happened why he committed suicide and as she looks through his like computer and files she sees I believe it was uh, Daguchi himself because there's like a, some recording, but <clears throat> uh, she brings it back to the shop so that way her and her coworkers can see why he committed suicide, why he hung himself, and so Michi, the other two coworkers whose name are uh, Yunko, and I believe. What was his other name? Yabe. Uh, so basically, Yunko and Yabe are the other co-workers of Michi. And so they look at the floppy disk that Daguchi put in. And then you can see like a video of him. Of some weird ass like third person view of him. Like there's like a ghost that's staring at him. And somehow by Daguchi being in contact with that ghost or talking with it. The ghost made him go insane, which is why he committed suicide. But of course, it doesn't appear to be that way whenever the three co-workers are looking at it, which includes Michi. And so, basically, Yabe, he tries to investigate even further to why this happened. And so, he goes to the apartment complex and then for some reason goes to this red tape area. Uh, this basically means you're not allowed to go in there. Rips off the red tape from this apartment. And he goes in. And once he goes in, he starts investigating it. And as he goes, mm, he basically goes toward this wall that's like all painted red for some reason. And he's like, look really eerie, I guess you can say. Really creepy. And all of a sudden, when he looks back... You see this lady in, in the black dress like you can just see like her her ankles and then of course the black dress itself and then the face is like all black like you cannot make out the face but you can tell it's a human there and so the person is creeping out yabe out and he basically starts to slowly back away while this person starts slowly slowly walking towards him to the point where she somehow crouches and make these really weird like body movements that are just like not normal and within normal human being which creeps out yabe more and he finds refuge behind this couch which he gets behind to hide from the person and there's like a little hole at the bottom of the couch which he looks through to see if it's still walking towards him and then when he sees that it's gone, he's, he feels kind of relieved, but at the same time confused. But then all of a sudden, the ghost, or the person who's the ghost, appears on top of it and then freaks the fuck out of Yabe. And Yabe basically screams. It's like a silent scream that he has. And then he basically, right there, um, got infected by the ghost or whatever. Because when he goes back to... to his workplace to go see Michi and Yunko, 
they see him that he's acting weird, and then Yabe, again, he he doesn't know what he's doing. He looks like really lost, the same like that Gucci was that that same like twenty you know yard, yard stare or whatever. Like you know, someone that's been traumatized. Like that's how that's how Yabe looks, and Michi's like really concerned for his health. He's like, hey man, like what's what's going on here? Are are you alright? You know, is there, can I please help you out in something? And Yabe, he just doesn't really say anything. He just stays quiet. And then he's like, "We, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. You know, you got to help me out. You got to help me. And then, um, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Mm, let's see. And so, when she basically goes, sorry, I gotta let this weird cough come in. <laughs> but, okay, there we go, I think it passed by. <laughs> so anyways, she tries to go find Yabe at his apartment, if I'm not mistaken. But all he finds is a, is a black stain on the wall. And that means that he basically has passed, like, he also committed suicide, even though it's basically, like, off-screen. And then, she basically tries to find Yunko, because Yunko, for some reason, got really curious enough um, to also investigate why the hell is, you know, it happened to Yabe or Taguchi, which, again, you know, is the butterfly effect that set this whole movie off. And she also gets cornered by a ghost the same way as Yabe did. And it's really interesting because I like how these ghosts are basically tangible beings. But at the same time, they're not. And I like the idea that if they get close to you or if they touch you, you suddenly become insane and, you know, get suicidal thoughts and there's nothing that anyone can do to save you anymore. Like, you just get overridden with sadness or depression, whatever it is. And I really like the sound of that. Like, it's obviously, it's bad, but it makes a really good, interesting story. Uh, which, what was his name? Uh, director Kiyoshi Kurosawa did. Oh, Kurosawa Kiyoshi. Because that feeling and the way how the camera works in the movie feels like Silent Hill 2. If you guys ever played Silent Hill 2, I believe you know what I'm talking about. Because like the nice well-adjusted shots, or I guess you can say Resident Evil as well. Like the first games from the PS1s, from the PS1 titles. That's how it feels like. That's how the camera, like, camera feels like. And... They really added on to the artistic style of this movie that I was going for. And as well, since I believe it was like a low-budget movie because, like I said, there really wasn't much blood involved. There really wasn't much um, like effects or things going on to the point where I needed it because it really accomplished those mediums without needing it, which is something I found... <coughs> amazing in the game in the game <laughs> in the movie and then by what i meant by game is that it felt like resident evil 1 2 3 and silent hill 2 
because that's that's the type of feeling i got especially the deeper you go into the movie the more hopeless it looks because these ghosts are going around killing everybody and basically causing an apocalypse where everyone just starts disappearing you know everyone starts committing suicide in their own way um and then it reveals to the second plot line where Well, before I get to the second plot line, I have to say that when Yuko, she goes batshit crazy herself. Um, she basically goes into a, in a coma, I guess you can say. Uh, because she act, starts acting like a zombie as well. The same, just like, a, well, actually worse than Taguchi and Yabe. She starts acting like a zombie where she doesn't really respond much or whatever. And she just looks completely traumatized and doing that 20-yard gaze or, I don't know, 2,000-yard gaze. And she finally snaps where she basically gets up from the floor and then just walks over to one end of the apartment and just stares at Michi while Michi is trying to help her out. But all of a sudden, you just see her body just disappear in thin air, and Michi couldn't do anything about it to stop it from happening. See, and that's why I'm going to go back to it a bit earlier, where I said, once basically the ghost gets to you, that's it, you're done. Like, you, you go, your mind goes insane or whatever, you you lose yourself, you're lo you, lo you lose your sense of self. <coughs> and then from there... It basically jumps to the plot line of Ryosuke, uh, who's a student in business. And he got basically a computer and internet so that way he can interact online with different people. And I'm pretty sure Kurosawa made a good comment here by making one of the girls, what was her name? Uh, who is also pretty like another character is important Harue. Harue. She mentions that the internet doesn't. It basically simulates a connection with people, but in actuality, it doesn't because they're not there in the flesh, which is really true and is something that will definitely affect in the future or you know the world experiencing at this time, which is something that I agree. And. You can see how the process is done through Ryosuke's computer screen and how like the ghosts are invading. Like they somehow like this is something else I like too because I'm not sure if you guys are into the paranormal stuff, but apparently ghosts generate some type of electricity which can be detected. And so you know like those actual paranormal activities where ghosts like open doors, drawers, throw plates, um, you know, do other things or like pull you, actually touch you. So physical energy or like electrical energy, I feel like that's such a plausible thing that they can invade the computer and then use it to like hack it to then basically record you and then start showing you some really morbid things or whatever. I mean, of course, you know, that part kind of sounds off sketch, but I like where Kurosawa was going with this movie. It made sense. I liked it. It showed you how scary the internet is, which... Honestly, the internet is such a double-edged sword because it can show you some really great information and at the same time show you some really bad information. Either they'd be stupid or actual true dark stuff that you wish you never knew. 
<coughs> which, like I said again, Kurosawa, he makes such a good um, reference to this, such a good detail into how the internet is treated. And I guess you can also say Hideo Kojima and his writer, they also talk about this type of stuff in Metal Gear Solid 2, which again makes it pretty scary <laughs> as to how the internet is. But anyway, so Ryosuke is a university student who's studying business and he meets up with this girl named Harue, who is a computer scientist person. Yeah, she's a computer science student, if I'm not mistaken. And basically goes to her he's like hey like i need help because i think my computer has been weird it's like oh it sounds like your computer's being hacked uh can you please tell me you know copy the website or press the print keys the the print key so that way i can see what's going on and it's like oh okay it's like but hold on a second like i don't know much about computers can you please tell me how to do it so girl's like pen and paper and it really shows you how new people like Ryosuke are and understanding computers who don't know jack dilly shit <laughs> compared to someone like Harue who knows uh, quite a bit since she's a computer science major and so as Ryosuke listens to his instructions he goes back home he boots up his computer then looks for that weird website that will somehow hacked into his computer and he gets to it he press print screen <coughs> which works and then he basically tells Harue, like, hey, like, come to my house so you can help me figure out this weird hacking situation that I'm experiencing. And so Harue agrees to go to his house to figure out what the hell's going on. And then once they do, and she's like, yeah, like, looks like something's, like, up with this stuff. Like, it's so weird. And then when they go back to mm, their the university... Harue and Yosuke, they talk with the grad student. They're like, hey, so... And the grad student's like, I think... There's actual ghosts invading... Like, this place, you know, and... Because there's just too much of them in hell or heaven that there's just not enough more space, so that's why they're seeping in into our world, and probably that's why they're killing us to make room. And, you know, I was like, oh, crap, like, that. that's pretty messed up, that makes sense. And so, um, <coughs> so as basically, Haraway, the grad student, both the grad student himself, and Haraway and Ryosuke, they all try to figure out some type of way to stop this from happening, but of course, uh, their efforts are basically in vain. But anyways, uh, Harue somehow ends up watching the actual full video of this one guy who commits suicide uh, by shooting himself in the neck with a gun. I think it's a CO2 gun because there's no blood splattering everywhere. I'm not sure, just like a little nitpicking detail as to, you know, as to like the lack of budget. But that's what I wanted want to go with since, again, Japan's not really a country where anyone can have a gun. Which is why, because I know for sure BB guns are widespread, and that's that's my logic behind this. So I'm thinking the characters bought like a CO2 pistol, and at close range it can be lethal. So that's what happened to the character to the ghost. Uh, he shot himself through the neck, 
which killed him instantly and then that's the exact video that the Harue saw and what's really cool about the video is that you can see this like apartment this guy in a dimly lit room because of the computer screen and in the back of the wall all you see is a bunch of writing like help me help me or taskete 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 you know like in the back of the wall all written in the back of that wall and again i'm gonna go back to this it looks like something from silent hill which is something that you would see a lot that would be said in the creepiness of the tone of the movie <clears throat> and again something that i really enjoyed watching and i felt like i was like oh, okay so this feels like a reference to silent hill 2 or silent hill 2 made a reference to this and i i just really like that stuff like that's that's why i kept on watching the movie more and more and got interested as to how it would uh, unfold and basically as how do finally became insane herself unfortunately ryosuke tried to save her and then you can also see um as the movie starts to unravel a bit more and more, you can see a big other people committing suicide, like jumping off a building or again hanging, burning themselves inside their own apartments or stores, stuff like that. And every single time you would know someone committed suicide is because they left some type of burn mark there. Or like again, the ones who were killed in the nukes um, in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Hmm. But after Ryosuke tries to save Harue, which she fails because she saw the dude commit suicide with the CO2 gun, she does the exact same thing in front of Ryosuke. And then Ryosuke <clears throat> tries to get help from Michi because they somehow ended up together, as in, like, they met up at a convenient location. And Michi tries to help out Ryosuke, and Ryosuke tries to help out Michi. And Ryosuke, I believe, was not satisfied with finding hmm, Harue dead. So he tried to like investigate more as to why it happened. And then uh, as he got towards her, he unfortunately met another ghost that made him go insane. And he tried to fight it off. He really did. Like, he tried his hardest to say, like, you're not real. You're fake. You know, you're not in this world. But what's pretty creepy is that the ghost was pretty tangible like you can you can see in the movie that Ryosuke was able to physically touch the ghost because you can see how the hand pressed on the shoulders and that freaked Ryosuke out which unfortunately uh, he got infected and he also looked pretty aloof as well and told Michi like hey we gotta get the hell out of Tokyo like we gotta go far away and Michi's like, yeah, I agree, we, we gotta get out of here. So, Michi and Ryosuke, they get on this speedboat. And they go down, I don't know, away from Tokyo, I'm believing, you know, towards the Pacific Ocean. Which they arrive towards a, a merchant vessel, if I'm not mistaken. And that merchant vessel, they allow them to get on. <coughs> And they say, yeah, we're going to go to Latin America because we're getting weak signals over there. But sounds like people are still alive. And so that's what they do. And they go to Latin America. And you can see both Ryosuke and Michi there. But Ryosuke is in really bad state. He's just staring at the wall. And he's basically gone as well because as Michi stares back at him, it's like, 
he's the only friend I have left. Like, he's the only person I have left in this world that's alive. And then at, at the very end, you see that he, that Ryosuke disappears. Like, he basically committed suicide. And so that really made me kind of worry, like, holy crap, like, what if, um, you know, Michi tries to investigate what happened to Ryosuke, and then all of a sudden, Ryosuke's ghost appears, someone, some other ghost appears, and then starts a chain reaction where it kills off Michi, and then the other sailors who saved her on the boat, that's, you know, killing everyone, making it like a ghost ship. I mean, I think that's when it's going to happen, you know, because... If, you know, smart people like Ryosuke and Harue got killed, you know, even though they knew what the hell was going on, I'm pretty sure Michi would have been killed, you know, at the end of that movie as well. Or the continuity of the story if it went even further. With us, you know, killing everybody on the ship who saved them. And so, for being such a classical movie with such great tones and such great camera placements uh, and a good story by... Um, Kurosawa-san. I would definitely rate it a four out of five. Like it was such a great movie, I would definitely watch it again. Uh, because, like I said, you don't get many movies like Pulse or Kaido that much anymore. Because, like I said, it's all just a bunch of jump scares, bunch of gore. There's nothing really creepy settling it's just really bs sound effects sometimes <laughs> and that's why i really appreciate this movie called kaido and if you're listening to this podcast i definitely recommend you watching this movie and of course i believe it can be subjective because if you're more into like the gore stuff the more scary bits the more with the like intense music or not then maybe Kaido might not be for you. But again, like I said, if you ever played games like Silent Hill 2 or Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, that's what it feels like with the character placement, the story, the setting of the creepiness. It's just really amazing. And that's why I would give it another watch. And I would definitely, you know, add it into my top five movie list or top ten. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's it that I have for today. And I hope you guys like this episode. Happy birthday, happy anniversary, if you guys have any. <laughs> um, and I hope you guys have a great day. Sydney City Games is out. <laughs>